I want to talk to you this morning out of Ezekiel chapter 47. Ezekiel chapter 47. And last week, I had actually had a message all planned out last week, even before we left. I actually talked to, um, to Brother Jason in the back with the cameras. I was going to ask a couple of people to share some testimonies, and we was going to have kind of a different type thing. But as the Spirit began to move last week, and I, I began to start processing what occurred last week, um, God brought this scripture, this passage into my mind. And last week, God started stirring some waters in this place. Uh, he was, uh, Pastor Eric was uh, preaching about Samson and, and, and the power of the Holy Spirit and the anointing. And then somewhere in that message, God started going in the direction on, on, on the moving and the unctions of the Holy Spirit. And, and things begin to shift here. And things have been shifting here at Mount Zion for a couple of months. You may remember me closing a couple of months ago and I said there's something shifting in the atmosphere. There's something changing. There's something going on. And several people have, have talked to me as well when, after Bible studies that we've done and things to that nature about some things that they're feeling. And I believe that Mount Zion is going in a direction that church as usual is over. I believe that church as usual is over. I believe that God is about to pour something out, and it's up to us whether we're going to be a part of it. And if we have church as usual, I believe that it's going to be on our own and not the Holy Spirit. And I don't mean coming to church every morning. We're not changing service times. We're not, not going to have a church. But what I am saying is how, how we control ourselves personally determines how far we're going to go in God. Ezekiel, let's get into this. Ezekiel chapter 47. We're going to start with verse 1, and we're going to go to verse 12 this morning. And I'm, not, I'm going to try not to bore you with a bunch of scriptures, and, uh, but we need to get through these scriptures. They're important. They're going to lay the foundation where we're going to go because how many know that this is God's word, and God's, my words don't matter unless God's word is given. Um, so let's go, Ezekiel 47, starting at verse 1. It says, The man brought me back to the entrance to the temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple towards the east. For the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east. And the water was trickling from the side south. And as the man went eastward with a measuring tape in his hand, a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits. And then he led me through the water that was ankle deep. Well, then he measured off another thousand cubits. And he led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand, led me through water that was waist deep. He measured off another thousand, and now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and deep enough and was deep enough to swim in. It was a river that no one could just cross. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? He then led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on the side of the river, and he said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region. It goes down to the Arabah where it enters the Dead Sea. 
When it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be a large number of fish because this water flows there and it makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from En Gedi to En Eglain where <clears throat> there will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be many kinds, like the sea of the Mediterranean Sea. But the swamps and the marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. Last week, there was such a move of God that happened. And when I came up to close, I literally had a hard time standing up here to close. The spirit was so thick in this building that you could cut it with a knife. It was so thick that you could almost see a fog in this place, in the, in the, in the spiritual room. And, and we've been having moves like this all, for a while now. We've been having little just spurts poured out. And as I began, as I left here and I was riding alone in my car, I began to think of, say, God, what, what is the purpose of this? I grew up in Pentecost. I grew up in the church. I grew up in moves of God where ladies are bobbing their heads and bobby pins are going everywhere. I grew up where the pastor would come and people would be forming lines in the altars and he would just walk by and, and people would just be slain in the spirit. I grew up in those times. I've seen, I, I, I've seen miracles happen even before my eyes. I've, I've seen testimonies of healing. I've seen testimonies of deliverance. I've seen a devil's cast out. I've, I've seen these things with my own eyes. Not recently. But I've seen it. And I believe that we're at a point where we're getting hungry for those things again. We're getting thirsty for those things again. The world is crying out for something, but it doesn't know what it's crying for. You see, this, this passage was so unique in Ezekiel's time because there was no river at the time in the city of Jerusalem. So it would have been literally impossible for there to be a river coming out from the temple. It was dry. There was nothing there. There was no river banks. There was, there was nothing there. Now, thousands of years later, they discovered that there was running kind of in a different direction from what this passage was, there was an underground spring or an underground river. But at the time, they had tried digging wells and there was no water to be found in Jerusalem. There was no rivers in Jerusalem. Ezekiel had been given a vision from God during a time of captivity of Israel and Babylon. He had been a priest and he became a prophet with a message of hope and restoration. God gave him a vision for a dry people, a dry land, a land that was in bondage, a land that was in captivity, and, and, and the vision was of, of, of running water, a river flowing from the temple. How many know that the past year, year and a half, there's been some serious things going on in our nation? There's been some serious things going on in our world. And what has happened is we've gotten so divided but at the end of the day, we have put ourselves as a people in bondage. 
we've let precautions, we've let precautions become an excuse. And what's happened is we've become so distant from each other, we've become so distant from one another, and then not only that, but we've, so, we've become so distant from our God. We've gotten so consumed with what's going on around us that we fail to pay attention to what's going on above us. I'm guilty. We're all, I'm guilty of it. We've gotten so consumed with the, 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 the political climate. We've gotten so consumed with, with the pandemic. We've gotten so consumed with programs. We've gotten so consumed with other things around us that we've got our eyes off of what really matters. And that is God. We've got our eyes off of the cross. And we've made, we've allowed so much room for discourse in our life that there's no room for the Holy Spirit to come in. And what that's led to is not only dry churches, but it's led to dry, dry spirits in the church. And I believe that what we've been experiencing over the past several months here is a trickle of the Holy Spirit. I believe that he is allowing just a trickle of his spirit just to see how far we want to take it. How many of you grew up in the church, you know, the good church? I'm talking about the, not, not necessarily this church, but the church where, where people would get saved, people would get set free, people would get delivered, where when you came to church, you just didn't have three points and you went home, but you had church. You left out of there feeling like God had showed up. How many, how many have said to yourself, man, I wish we could get back to the time when the Spirit would move? How many have said to yourself, oh, I, I miss the days where, where the, the worship would go and pastor wouldn't even get to preach? How many have said to yourself, oh, I miss those days where, where sister so-and-so would run the aisles? Or I miss, God wants to pour himself out, and it's not God's fault that it's not happening. It's, it's ours. You see, Ezekiel saw, saw a vision of waters flowing out from under the threshold of the door to the holy temple of God, and these waters become a river. What does this vision mean? What's the meaning behind this? Why is the river so significant and the prophetic to Ezekiel, and why, what does it mean for us today? Number one, we have to consider the source. The source of the river was not some natural spring. The source of the river was not a water break. The source of the river was the threshold of the sanctuary. The river, the source of the river was flowing from under the threshold of the temple of God's throne. Jesus said that I am the door. He said, I am the door in 10-7. The river that was flowing was flowing literally from God. It wasn't man-made. It wasn't a movement. They didn't sing certain songs that manipulated the spirit and kind of got everybody in their emotions and let them take over. No, it came directly from God's throne. You see, when God wants to move, he'll move. It, doesn't, it won't take Pastor Eric four songs and, and, and an exhortation to get the spirit moving. 
It won't take Pastor Carlos to, to go through the prayer box and try to figure out what everybody's struggling with and see what I can preach on this week. It doesn't take that when the Spirit wants to move. When the Spirit wants to move, we can be taking up the offering and the Spirit will move. I've been in services where they've been giving announcements and talking about a, a, a fall festival and all of a sudden the Spirit begins to break out in the middle of nowhere. Why? Because God doesn't operate on our agenda. God doesn't operate with what we want or how we think it should operate. God moves when he wants to move. And it's up to us to follow the moving of the Holy Spirit. You see, a lot of times we, we want to wait. We wait until things are just right. Kind of like when you go to the beach or you go to the pool and, and you just kind of... Oh, it's cold. So you go to the other side of the pool. Same water, different side. I don't know. Too cold. Sometimes you just got to jump all the way in. Because what's going to end up happening is by the time you decide to get your ankles wet, the pool party's going to be over. Mama's ready to pack up the van, and you're going to miss out on the fun. Sometimes it's the same way. When God starts to move and the river begins to flow, you can't tiptoe in and see what sister so-and-so is going to do or see if brother so-and-so is going to give a message in tongues or see if sister, sister Hudemeyer over here is going to do windmills in the spirit or see if a Jericho march is going to break out. Sometimes you just have to go forward, jump all in and see what God's going to do in yourself. We went to Caden's uh, graduation party um, a couple of weeks ago, and we took um, Levi and uh, Micaiah down to the water. Levi doesn't like the splashes. Levi doesn't like the waves. Micaiah, you can't tell her that she's not a fish. That baby was trying to put her head in the water, anything that she could do. So the only reason that Levi got wet from the waist up is because Micaiah was splashing. Sometimes the only reason that the Spirit moves upon your neighbor is because you decided to make a splash in the Spirit yourself. You see, when you begin to praise, when you begin to flow in the things that God has for you, it can't help but get off on somebody else. So don't wait for somebody else to do it. You're the one that's supposed to do it. And if you will just obey and follow what God is doing in your life, it will, bring, it will bring life to other people around you. You see, the river was flowing straight from the sanctuary. That's why it's important to come to church. I know, I know we, we offer the online services. There's people who legitimately can't come. But it's important to, to come to church. It's important to be in the house of God because the river flows from the source, the river flows from God. It flows from the temple. And when the Spirit's moving, yes, it'll get to you. Yes, God can touch you wherever you are. But when the Spirit is moving here, why do you want a watered-down move when you can have it from its source? Why do you want water that's been poured from one jug into another jug, into another jug, into an, it becomes contaminated water? Get it from its source. The source comes from God. And God is in the temple. When two or three are gathered, he is what? He is in the midst of them. The second reason this is significant is because of its course. 
The, in Ezekiel, it says that it began to flow down by the way of what? By the way of the altar. <laughs> We've lost the altar. I'm not talking about the old, uncomfortable wood planks that you used to kneel out and Sometimes there was a cushion there so you could fall asleep and still pretend like you was praying. I'm not talking about the altar, the physical altar. I'm talking about the spiritual altar of the place of prayer. It flows by the place of prayer. The altar stands for a place of sacrifice. It's where you come and you lay things down and you didn't intend on picking it back up. That's the meaning of sacrifice. When you sacrifice something, you offer it up, you kill it. That thing that you have need of, when you lay it down and you bring it before the Lord, quit picking it back up and going out the back door with it. When the river is flowing and things are moving, now's the time. Run down and throw it in. I watched this little show on TV called Manifest. And Manifest, the, the TV show, is literally the whole theme around the show is um, Romans eight twenty eight. God works all things to the good of those who believe. And in this show, they find this piece of the, the premise of the show is this plane goes missing and it shows up five years later, right? Well, they're doing tests to figure out, okay, God, we know this, this has to have something. And all along, they're trying to go into like mythology and Greek things, but that's not really getting them where it needs to go. And it's coming back to faith. It's coming back to faith. And it's coming back to faith. Well, there's an atheist, uh, atheistic scientist there who's doing, wanting to do further tests. And all of a sudden, they, uh, one of the kids draws something, and it takes her back to something her grandmother told her years ago. And she goes, well, I guess faith has a seat at the table. And what this is all bringing me to is they got a piece of Noah's Ark, right, on this volcano thing. And long story short, they was running tests on it. And the earth opened up, and it was wanting the piece of the ark back. And the only way to fix all of the troubles was to throw the piece of the ark back into where, where it was discovered from, right? They was messing with something that should have never been messed with. I, and that kind of spoke to me in a way because we, we come and we want to throw things in the pit, we want to throw things on the altar and let God take it, but yet we want to grab it back up and go, go with it again. When God says, I need it, I want it, that's my battle to fight, that's not your battle to fight. So my question is, are you ready to lay it on the altar of sacrifice? You see, the river flows not only from the threshold of the door, but it flows down the altar. See, a lot of us, we just come through the threshold of the door, we sit, and we go back out the threshold of the door, but we never make it any deeper, we never make it any forward, we never make it to the place of sacrifice. Ezekiel, when he got out in the actual river, if you notice, he, the first thing he did is he went to the ankle deep water, and then he pushed him out into the knee deep water, and then all of a sudden he got to waist deep, chest deep, and then he got into areas of water where he had no choice but to swim. In other words, he was not under his own power anymore. You see, where are you at this morning? Where are you stopping this morning? If you're not getting what you need, maybe it's because you're not going far enough in the things of where God has you. God didn't leave you in the shallows. You decided to stay in the shallows. You see, the river came down in its direction of flowing. You see, the river of grace finds its way to the lowest and most needy places of the world. Kind of reminds me of the pool of Bethesda where the crippled man had been laying there. The, the paraplegic had been laying there. 
And he, the, the spirit of the Lord would come and stir the waters, but he kept saying, well, I have nobody to throw me in. I have nobody to put me in the water. You see, the river that fed the pool of Bethesda flowed from a mountaintop. And as the river flowed, all the nutrients would flow down from the mountain, and it would flow into the valley and into these springs. And that's where the healing properties came into these, these ancient pools of, of, of the biblical times. You see, the river flows from the top, comes through the threshold, and it comes down in the altar. This morning, what is it that you need to lay on the altar of sacrifice this morning? You see, the river is flowing. The river is flowing. It's up to you and it's up to me to get in the river. We can't wait for the river to find us. Because as, as the scripture says, if we stand on the banks, everything on the banks die because it's marshy. It's the, the, the source is not hitting it. The fresh water is not hitting it. You have to decide, I'm going to get in the river. It says, everything, in, in, in everything shall live wherever the river comes. You see, wherever this river flows, it brings life. It brings healing. It brings forth fruit and freshness. The river has the ability to sustain you, to feed you. The Holy Spirit, the river, has the power to refresh you, to cleanse you. You've been fighting addiction for a long time and you wonder, why can I break this? Why can I not break this, this cycle of, of alcoholism? Why can I, can I break this cycle of, of pornography? Why can't I break this cycle of divorce? Why can't I break this cycle of abuse, of, of, of violence, of temper, of anger, of depression, of whatever it is that you are dealing with, of pride, whatever it is, you can't break it. It's not because of you. It's just because you're not tapping into the source. The Holy Spirit is what it has the ability and it is the only thing that can break those chains of addiction. The definition of the river is this. The river is significant of God's Holy Spirit, of God's grace. It comes only from God. It comes through the only the, the greatest gift ever gave Jesus Christ. The door of grace, the door of the river is open only through Jesus. It comes in by the power of prayer, the altar of prayer. Revelations 22, 1 through 5 talks about this river. It says this, Revelation 22, 1 through 5, it says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city, and His servants will serve Him. They will see His face, and His name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun. For the Lord God will give them the light. And they will reign forever and ever. How many want this river flowing through them? How many would pray, God, give me this river? God, give me this river. That's not the prayer. The prayer is, 
God, help me just jump in the river. The river's already been given. The river is already flowing. It is up to you to make the choice. I'm no longer good with church as usual. I'm no longer good just coming in here listening to some worship and listening to some good preaching and then having some good fellowship and some good chicken every now and then on after service. I want more than that. I want everything that God has for me. I'm tired of seeing two or three people get blessings and I'm just sitting here wondering why me. It's time for you to jump in and go to a place that you've never been before. I'm not asking you to get crazy. I'm not asking you for, to walk around here and start your own Jericho marches. I'm not asking for you to get out here and, and now you got to try to conjure up some kind of a message in tongues and some, some woo goosebump stuff. All I'm saying is get in the river while the river is moving. You may not know how to swim and navigate the waters yet. That's fine. Get into your ankles. Because I'm telling you, once you get into your ankles... You're going to see the power that the river can do. It's okay to test the waters. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. It's okay to try the fruit out a little bit. It's okay. Trust me, the water's warm. Get in the water to your ankles. Splash around a little bit because I guarantee you, all of a sudden you'll get to a point where just being in the water to your ankles isn't going to satisfy you anymore. Just sitting there tapping your toes during worship isn't going to work for you anymore. All of a sudden, you're going to go up to that knee-deep water. How was that? The pop, the, the, the hip hop? All of a sudden, you're going to get up to your knees. And all of a sudden, now you're going to be walking because your knees are affected. You're going to be walking in the thanks to God. You're going to be walking daily. You're going to be at your workplace walking in the things that God's called you to do being like, whoa, how did I even do that? It's because now you're walking in God's spirit and God's anointing. And then all of a sudden, that's not going to satisfy you anymore. I need to go deeper. You're going to get up to that waist deep water where all of a sudden the blows of life aren't going to bother you anymore. Why? Because you're protected by the spirit. The low blows that Satan tries to hand you isn't going to affect you anymore. Why? Because I am waist deep in the water and the low blows can't touch me there because I'm under the anointing of the river of the spirit of where God has me. And then all of a sudden that doesn't get you anymore. So now you got to come up here and that's where things begin to happen because once you're in the chest deep water, now your heart begins to get covered by the spirit. And now all of a sudden the spirit is not only flowing and guiding your footsteps, it's not only sitting here girding your loins, but now all of a sudden you're in that chest deep water, your heart begins to change. Your heart begins to come to life. Those broken things in your life, those scars and those hurts, those things that happened in the middle of the night when you was a child and you've never dealt with them, all of a sudden those things begin to begin to get dealt with and life becomes to spring forth. Walls that you've put up around yourself becomes tumbling down. All of a sudden bitterness begins to go away. Why? Because I'm chest deep in the things of God. And then all of a sudden that's not good enough. There has to be more. That's when the fun starts because now you just begin to lay back and let the waves of the Spirit take over. And you just let God guide you. You just begin to flow in the Spirit. The Spirit begins to move. All of a sudden, you, all of a sudden there's nothing left of you. It's just all natural now because the water has overtaken you. And you are flowing in the Spirit. You're flowing in the things of what God has called you to do. You are drowning to the flesh, but you are swimming in the Spirit. 
I believe that God has called us to the deep waters, church. I believe that God has, if I could, I hate to call you old people, but the older ones in here, the seniors, my platinum members, my silver hair, my liners, the one that has been there. The time is not over. God has not passed by. The, the Holy Spirit does not have an expiration date. The young people, they are hungry for it. They just don't know what they're hungry for. They're thirsting for it. They just don't know what they're thirsting for. And they're finding it in other places. You've been there before. You know what it looks like. You know what it sounds like. You know what it feels like. You go back to that place, and I guarantee you that young people will follow you. Young people, do not discount the power of the Holy Spirit and what he can do in your lives. It's not just for the older people. It's not just for grandma. It's not just for mama. It is for you. The most powerful moves of God I've ever seen has been in youth services. When I was 13 years old, Pastor Carlos was my youth pastor. We had a single modular construction trailer as a youth building with 80 kids packed into that place. So much so that we was crawling over teenagers just to be able to do an altar call. Kids slain in the spirit. Kids praying for each other. Kids would bring drugs and, and all kinds of stuff and throw them in barrels that are at the services. Why? Because God was moving in the young people. The problem is, is just, it's been so long since the young people have seen anything like that. I would submit to you that there's a generation that's never seen the genuine move of the spirit before. We got to get back in the river. Church, I believe that the river of God is so deep, it's so wide, that man cannot cross without a total dependence on Jesus. You see, with each step of obedience, Ezekiel found himself going deeper and deeper into dependence upon the grace of God. And the more you depend on God, the less you depend on man. The less you depend on other things. You see, God will never throw us into things over our heads without preparing us for it. He will always let you go into the shallows. Because if you can't trust God in the shallows, you'll never trust him in the deep waters. And if God can't trust you in the shallows, he'll never be able to trust you in the deep waters. Ephesians chapter 2, 8 through 9 says this, It's for by grace you are saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not works, lest any man should boast. There's a river flowing. Are you ready to jump in this morning? Are you ready to go deeper in the things of God this morning? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Pastor Eric, if you could come up to the keyboard. I know I'm on a little bit of overtime this morning. You're here this morning, and you say, I want to get in that river, but I don't even know Jesus. I don't even, up until walking in here today, I didn't even know if I'm saved or not. I don't even know if I believe in Jesus. That's okay. I didn't know him either until I was introduced to him. You're here this morning, and, and you would say that I don't know Jesus as my Savior, 
I don't know if I'm saved this morning. If I was to die today, I don't know if I would go to heaven or hell. If that's you on the count of three, raise your hand. Nobody's looking around. One, two, three. If that's you, lift them up. Lift them up. You're here this morning and you say, there's something I'm needing. I've been saved just for a little while or I've been saved all my life. But I need something new. I need something fresh. I need that spirit poured out on me this morning. Maybe you're here and you say, I want to go deeper than I've ever been before. I don't care how deep you've been. If that's you, I just want you to stand to your feet right now and begin to worship. Stand to your feet and begin to worship. You're here and you say, I just want to go deeper this morning. I just want to go deeper this morning. This may not be for everybody. Everybody may not be ready to go deeper. If you're not going to, if you can't stand or don't want to stand, do whatever God's leading you to do. It may be, it may just be kneeling right where you are. Maybe it's, maybe it's just bowing over the seat in front of you. But I'm going to pray this morning. And as I pray, our online audience, I want you to go after God right where you are at home. And then if you, if you need to go, please, don't feel bad. Go. We love you. But if you want to stay and you just want to worship, I'm not going to lay hands on you unless you want to come down for special prayer, and I'm, I'm here. But I can't take you to the river. You've got to get in it yourself. You've got to get in it yourself. Heavenly Father, right now, I pray over those watching online, over those watching here in the house. Lord, I pray that as we begin to seek your face, Lord, you will lead us to deeper waters. And Lord, I pray that as we begin to trust you in the ankle-deep waters, Lord, I pray that that river will begin to flow. And Lord God, as we begin to stand in your presence, God, take us deeper, take us deeper, Take us deeper. Lord, flood us with your spirit today, God. Lord, flood this place with your spirit, God. Lord, I pray that it would flow out of this building, God. Lord, that it would flow down the streets, God. Lord, that it would flow down the interstates, God. Lord, that it would flow to our homes. It would flow to our jobs, God. Lord, that it would flow to the grocery store, God. That it would flow to City Hall, God. Lord, that it would flow to Washington, God. Lord, that it would flow, God. Lord, let it flow, God, but let it flow out of this place. Lord, and I, be, I pray that as, as we begin to flow in your spirit, God, I pray strongholds break right now. Addictions right now begin to break. In the name of Jesus, addictions begin to break right now. In the name of Jesus, strongholds break. Lord, I pray that bitterness breaks right now. Lord, I pray that pain begins to break. Heartache begins to break right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, let your river flow this morning. Lord, let your river flow. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray.